What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Talk Recorded live. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. Looking for a lift? Experience a seat from the soar with Michael Guido of Metter, Georgia. A London church bears this sign. Not everyone who attends this church is converted. Watch your handbags. Some church members profess one thing but practice another. But when one becomes a Christian, he never forgets the reverence due to God, the rights due to man, and the respect due to self. The Christian life is no mere church-going, hymn-singing, escape from the obligations of life. It's real, and it shows its influence in your life. The Bible, in describing a Christian, says he keeps his promise, even if it ruins him. For your free copy of Dr. Guido's daily devotional, Seeds from the Sower, write The Sower, Metter, Georgia, 30439. Visit us on the web at thesower.com. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat, and apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable, but how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. I'm a champion, real not your normal PSA. Don't be stupid. Don't drink and drive. If you're going to go out and have a good time, it's fine. But designate a driver to drive home. Let's stop the madness. Don't drink and drive. Public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. This is Ann Graham Lotz with Daily Light for Daily Living. All around us are broken homes, broken hearts, broken hopes. But God never intended us to be broken. He didn't just create us, plop us down on planet Earth, and say, Happy birthday, now you can guess your way through life. God as our creator has specific directions for our lives. Psalm 119.2 says, Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with a whole heart. If we live according to his directions, our lives work. We're blessed, and we experience life the way it was meant to be lived. If we ignore or reject his directions, we do so to our own detriment and experience much less than he intended. His directions form a pattern that prevents breakage of our lives to help mend the brokenness already present. Listen to me. Trust in his word, then follow his direction. Your life will work. This is Anne Graham Lott. This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
Good morning. This is the early morning gospel program. One inspiration. Our morning scripture is coming from Psalms 33 and 20. Our soul waiting for for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Psalms 33 and 20. Our morning scripture of the day.
Father speaking, son declare. 
Forty Inspirations on Jam Radio 2.1. Good morning. This is the early morning gospel program. Morning inspirations here on Talk to and Jam Radio. Want to say good morning to East Virginia. Good morning and welcome to the program. Thanks for hanging out with us. Now, time for our morning scripture. I'm going to turn now for our morning prayer of the day. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning saying thank you. Thank you for all you have done, all you're about to do today. Lord, uh, forgive us for any sins that we've done, knowingly and unknowingly. Lord, we just say thank you for forgiving us. Thank you, Lord, for sustaining us. Thank you, Lord, for, for keeping us. Lord, we lift up those right now behind prison walls. Those, Lord, who are in the hospital and hospice and nursing homes and nursing homes everywhere. Lord, we say thank we We, we lift up those right now in cancer wards. We lift those up, Lord, who will get ready to go through surgery today. Lord, we, we, we thank you. We lift up those, Lord, those who are getting ready to go to work and our children who are going to school today. Keep them safe, Lord, from any hurt, harm, and danger. Lord, we, we, we thank you. We lift up those, Lord, who are in need, those who are homeless, you don't know where to go. We pray, Lord, they have somewhere to go this morning of this cold weather. Lord, we just love our families, our friends, our church family, our neighbors, those we don't know, those who we know. We just love our pastors in this family. We just love those, Lord, who are who are brokenhearted. Those, Lord, who lost love will lift them up to you as well. We say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. And, Lord, let's talk to you in general and your family. Lord, I ask you to keep this servant humble. Keep him humble, Lord. Lord, we just took the message to you, Lord. God, protect the Lord. Keep him, keep him, Lord. Literally, spiritually, and physically. Lord, we say thank you once again for everything. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We ask this, and we humbly ask this, 
the Jesus name. Amen. And amen. We'll be back at the top of the hour. that 
says that some of the that the revelation took place already in the past, first century, second century fulfillment. But Gary, when you really look at the events that are described in this book, the, the Revelation, these events could only occur in our time and beyond with the events, with the technology that is available, the numbers of people that we're talking about, plus the fact that this book speaks of sweeping events that could only uh, be taking place now and, and not relegated to one very small part of the world in the first century. This is a book of, of grand scale. And when you look at it and step back and look at it in that way, you see that it is something that can only be taking place today and on into the future. So the global implications of the book mean right. that it's still a lot of things have yet to happen. Absolutely. And on a global scale, as you say, not just a tiny corner of the Mediterranean world, the Roman Empire or Judea of the first century. But so many different interpretations of, of Revelation. And probably the book of Revelation has more interpretations than any other book of the Bible. What are some of the keys? that we can use to help understand and have a proper understanding of this book? Well, they begin in the first chapter. First of all, it shows that it is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Many Bibles have uh, that it's a revelation of John. Uh, I think the New King James, however, corrected that uh, old misconception. But it's a revelation of Jesus Christ. Actually, it's a revelation of, of the Father through Christ. And so it begins there. And it, it is his revealing of events that are taking, going to take place in, in the world in our time. He also says that it's, it's the, the time setting is what is called the Day of the Lord, which is a specific event of time, of God's intervention into human affairs. Uh, you see also through the book that there are patterns of seven. There are seven seals. There are seven plagues. There are seven last plagues. So there are three patterns of seven that also step you through the, uh, through the book. So uh, once you understand that overall framework, then you can begin to put into all, all the other the chapters and the events and the um, uh, what they're being described there. Now you talk about the seven seals. Now Revelation six, I want to I want to really go to the full horsemen of the apocalypse. But Revelation six is in the context of the seven seals. So maybe right. explain what the seven seals are. Well, the first seven seals are events that are that are opened out by Christ upon the earth. But the what are called the four horsemen of the apocalypse are the first four of the first seven seals of this uh, section that we're talking about here in, in Revelation. All right, so Christ begins to unveil these events that are going to take place upon the earth. And, and as we will see as we go through these seven or these four uh, seal, first four seals, they have always taken place, but the intensity that these uh, unveilings talk about show an intensity that has never really taken place uh, in any past part of history. And when they are unveiled, there's going to be a dramatic time that's going to be unmistakable in terms of the, the severity of its impact upon the earth. Now, you know, it, it says they're sealed. In other words, these are events that are uh, somehow hidden. They, they have to right. be opened. Who opens them? Well, the key to that is in Chapter 5 of Revelation, where it says that there's only one person worthy to open those seals, and that is the Lamb. Uh, that's very clearly uh, laid out there in Chapter 5, which precedes chapter 6, and the unveiling of these, these horsemen. So it's Jesus Christ who is, unveils and opens these seals and has total control over their events on the, on the earth. So it's very important. These events, if you're a Christian, these events can only be revealed through Jesus Christ. So these are very important events that are yet to happen. And we're going to take a, an in-depth look at the four horsemen of Revelation 6 and explore their message for us today. But we're going to Tell you about the literature we're giving away, so don't go away. We'll be right back. Mm -hmm. 
book of Revelation, the last book in the Bible, is to many people its most confusing. They find its strange symbols and images puzzling and mysterious. But it need not be so. The book's very name means a revealing, a way to gain understanding. Its first verse tells us it was written to reveal things which must shortly take place. We've prepared an exciting, eye-opening new booklet, The Book of Revelation Unveiled, to help you understand what will take place in the days ahead. For your free copy, call right now, 1-800-966-9232. In our free booklet, The Book of Revelation Unveiled, you can discover the truth of this surprising message Jesus Christ brought. There is no cost or obligation. 1-800-966-9232. Order today. Have you had about all the bad news you can take? Maybe you could use some good news. The Good News is a full-color, bi-monthly magazine that brings you the best news you can hear, and always from a biblical perspective. All literature on this program is provided free as an educational service in the public interest by the United Church of God. It is absolutely free, and there is no charge or obligation. Simply call one 800 9669232 The magazine is free the contents are priceless The number again is 1-800-966-9232 
he talked about a people who would come with a false Christianity claiming to be Christ. So we can put these two things together. There's a uh, connection between these two prophecies. You can. You mentioned the Olivet Prophecy, which is uh, in Matthew chapter 24. And there Christ was on the Mount of Olives speaking to his disciples, and they were asking questions about the signs that would precede his coming in the time in the, the end of this age. And that sequence of scriptures in Matthew 24 is an exact parallel to what we have here in Revelation chapter 6. And the very first uh, sign that Christ mentioned to, to look for in Matthew 24 is that of those coming saying they are Christ, but they are bringing a false message. They're false Christs and deceiving people. And so when we marry that with what we see here in Revelation chapter 6 with this first seal, this first rider on the white horse, we are seeing and talk, uh, talking about a deceptive form of religion that holds people in sway, but it is not the true faith that Christ brought. You know, which I think brings us to a very hard set of questions. Uh, when we look at that first century church, and we look at what it taught, we look at what Jesus taught, what the apostles taught. Now it's almost 2,000 years later. Uh, and we have a prophecy that Christianity will somehow degenerate from what it originally was intended. Are we, can we look at ourselves as Christians? Can we look at mainstream Christianity? Can we look at the Christian world we live in and say, how far are we from that that first century church? What is different from what we do now and then? There's quite a bit that is different today in what passes for traditional Christianity that has developed over 19 centuries compared to what you read about in the Gospels and particularly the Book of Acts. There is a complete different picture there. Uh, the church that we see in the Book of Acts, the church that Jesus founded, the apostles went out and started churches throughout the Mediterranean world, they were keeping the Sabbath day. They were keeping the seventh day Sabbath, the fourth commandment of, of God. They were keeping the holy days. They were keeping Passover. We find the church meeting on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. We find the references to the day of atonement. Those were the holy days and festivals God gave to Israel. The church was keeping them. Christ was keeping them. They were teaching them to the Gentile people that they were uh, going uh, to take the gospel to. Uh, something happened. Through the centuries, layers of tradition and other ideas came into the story of the church and completely changed the church that Jesus founded to sort today what we see today as Christianity is a completely different picture and completely different faith than what we read from the pages of the Bible. That's very clear. Yet we, you know, people have the Bible. People know what you know is generally called primitive Christianity. Right. And you know, there's a belief that somehow the Christianity today is superior to what is quote unquote primitive Christianity. You know, in this short amount of time, maybe just summarize how over a 2,000-year period, how does that happen? How does what Jesus start start and form metamorphize into something that really is, is in many ways quite different? I mean, what happened historically? Well, m much of the information and the uh, clues are right in the, in, the, in the scriptures. Christ, Peter, Paul gave warning of division that would come, of heretics. Paul warned of wolves in sheep's clothing very early. In the story of the church in the first century, in fact, in, in many of the gospel or the epistles, we find evidence of this. Paul's teaching came in, differing ideas. Paul spoke of a different gospel. Uh, so there were differing ideas that sprung up. There were those uh, who wanted to seek a following for themselves. Uh, after a few decades, persecution came on the church. You had a combination then of persecution, of heresy. There was a developing anti anti-Semitism, uh, anti-Jewish feeling that was creeping into the Roman world that impacted the true believers, the, the faithful who had 
church eventually became very divided, became very scattered with the upset and the turmoil of that first century period of time. Uh, we find that there, uh, by the time we get to the end of the book of Acts, we see certain problems taking place. And when you see perhaps 30, 40, 50 years later from history, the image and the pictures of the church that begins to come out of the mists of that historical period, we find a completely different church that is beginning to be, it's on the scene historically. They are not keeping the Sabbath, for instance. They're beginning to keep other days, uh, other festivals that are derived from pagan worship. And so we see a completely different church than that which Jesus Christ founded. Uh, persecution, heresy, anti-Semitism all play a part of that in, in, in creating that. And then through the centuries, that church that grew large, uh, layered so much tradition and so many competing ideas to get us to where we are today. So when you look at it, you know, um, it is interesting. You look at Paul's writing to Galatians, Galatians, the book of Galatians, right. Colossians, uh, 1 Corinthians. These churches were already in trouble. I think a lot of people don't realize that. The early church was already in trouble within 30 or 40 years after Less than that. Jesus founded it. Within just a couple of decades after Christ's founding, the church was in trouble. You know, Revelation 6 isn't the only place in the Bible that prophesies a great false religion that will deceive the entire world before the second coming of Jesus Christ. These are important prophecies for you to understand. We'll be right back after this. We've prepared an exciting, eye-opening new booklet, The Book of Revelation Unveiled, to help you understand what will take place in the days ahead. This 32-page, full-color booklet will take you through the major themes of the Book of Revelation, helping you discover how it all fits together. For your free copy, call right now, 1-800-966-9232. In our free booklet, The Book of Revelation Unveiled, you can discover the truth of this surprising message Jesus Christ brought. There is no cost or obligation. 1-800-966-9232. Are you tired of hearing nothing but bad news? Well, here's some good news. You can receive a year's subscription to The Good News Magazine absolutely free. The Good News Magazine isn't a Pollyannish cover-up of today's problems. It is a magazine that dares to look at today's problems and ask the questions that must be asked. The Good News seeks the answers that must be found, answers that can only be discovered in the pages of your Bible. Today's radio program is sponsored by the publishers of The Good News Magazine. Your free subscription to The Good News has already been paid. You will never be sent a bill or be obligated in any way. Simply call 1-800-966-9232. That's 1-800-966-9232 for your free subscription to The Good News Behind the Headlines. The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Darius McNeely and I have been discussing the meaning of the white horse mentioned in Revelation 6. Now, Darius... You said that the white horse represents a great religion that will present itself as Christianity, the Christianity brought by Jesus. Uh, what other passages tell us of a false religion that will happen before Christ's second coming? Well, Gary, let's go back to Matthew 24, again, the Olivet Prophecy, where Jesus himself was warning that this, such an event that would take place. In Matthew 24, verse 24, he told his followers that false Christs, false prophets, will rise and show great signs and wonder to deceive, if possible, even the elect, which is referring to those who are the called and faithful of, uh, of Christ. And so the elect, the people of God, who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ, would be susceptible to this great deception. So uh, that
2. The Apostle Paul has a remarkable prophecy of an individual that is called a man of sin who is revealed before the day of Christ, uh, actually comes and stands out in this end-time deception that's created by this figure who it says exalts and opposes himself above all that is called God or that is worship, and who sets, will set in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. So here's an individual, a religious figure, who claims to be this deity and God himself. And Paul warned of that, and that opposition obviously was already at work in his time, and he was warning the church about it at that time. But prior to Christ's return, it's going to grow according to the work of Satan, and there are going to be lying wonders and power and signs that are going to, to deceive people in the future. You know, uh, that's interesting. I, you wonder how could Christians be deceived, but as you said, if he's doing great miracles and great wonders, it will appear that the very power of God is performing these things. You're right. It, it will. And it's going to be a remarkable event in our modern technological age. We pride ourselves in being secular and uh, more sophisticated. But when these events begin to take place, when miracles and signs and wonders, heavenly signs, being commanded by an individual seemingly who claims to be God, uh, it will turn people's attention affection, and devotion on a dime, just like that. We know it's, we've, we've looked at uh, Revelation 6. We've tied that into the Christ, all of that prophecy. We've looked at 2 Thessalonians. There's an interesting prophecy in Revelation 13, which would take two programs alone just to cover, but there's a, about two beasts that come up. Now, how can we relate this false religion to Revelation 13? In Revelation chapter 13 is, is an image of, of two beasts that, that arise out of out of the sea. And one of them has had a wound that has been healed. And they worship the dragon, it says, who gave authority to the beast. This is Revelation 13, verse 4. And they worship the beast, saying, who is like the beast, who is able to make war with him. And he was given a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemy. And he begins to deceive and has great authority. This, this individual, this entity that is being described, is a false religion. It is tied in with the image we just talked about in 2 Thessalonians 2 of a man of sin who begins to do great wonders. And then there's a second beast that arises as well that represents a temporal governmental authority that has great power. And these two combine forces and combine their power at, the, at this time that Revelation 17 actually even gives more details about that is going to have great sway and impact upon the nations and peoples of the earth. So we have two two, if you will, individuals or two powers involved here, right. one secular and one religious, which sort of brings to another question. I mean, once again, it's hard to imagine in our sort of sophisticated, secular, multicultural world that exists in the Christian world, Europe and, and the United States and Canada, that the masses could be somehow deceived by a religious figure. Uh, what is it that is in human beings that allows us to be deceived so easily through false religion? Well, I think it's, there is this there is this need that people don't recognize to connect to a spiritual meaning in life to begin with. No matter how secular people's become, there is still this quest for a spiritual existence, a spiritual life, and that that is just an inherent part of human nature, regardless of how we try to rationalize that away. But when you couple that with times that the Bible describes that are going to be momentous times that are be taking place. And uh, dramatic 
economic upheavals, political upheavals, uh, many times more than what we saw on 9-11, September 11th attacks in America. People are going to be turning for answers, not just spiritually, but also some very strong powers that can correct and bring back a stability to their life. And religion is going to play a part in that. That's what the scriptures show. And there's going to be that combination with a political entity that will no doubt bring that about uh, to restore normalcy. But in, with that will come great power. Uh, and we're being set up for that right now. There are voices that are, in a sense, calling for that already in some areas and recognizing that as a potential solution in, in our world with some of the terrorism that parts of the world are facing. So you can see various signs of just how calls are going out or individuals with certain uh, assertive power and authority to bring us back to stability and, and keep our life normal as we would like to have it. You know, uh, we've covered almost the entire program. We've only covered one. One seal. So you'll, one back, you'll be back with us next week. We'll be glad to come back. Great, good. We'll be joined next week by Darius again to discuss more of the ride of the four horsemen as false religion cuts through the nations in the last days, gathering a religious movement. This will be without parallel in history. But this is going to be just the first of a number of enormous events that are going to happen to lead up to the return of Jesus Christ. And to order your free copy of the book of Revelation Unveiled, call 1-800-966-9232. And no one is ever going to ask you for money. All literature offered on this program is free. Join us next time when we continue to explore what the Bible really says about you and your future. For Good News Radio, I'm Gary Petty. The book of Revelation, the last book in the Bible, is to many people its most confusing. They find its strange symbols and images puzzling and mysterious, but it need not be so. The book's very name means a revealing, a way to gain understanding. Its first verse tells us it was written to reveal things which must shortly take place. We've prepared an exciting, eye-opening new booklet the Book of Revelation Unveiled to help you understand what will take place in the days ahead. For your free copy, call right now, 1-800-966-9232. In our free booklet, The Book of Revelation Unveiled, you can discover the truth of this surprising message Jesus Christ brought. There is no cost or obligation. 1-800-966-9232. Order today. You've been listening to the Good News Radio Program, presented by the publishers of the Good News Magazine. We seek the answers that must be found, answers that can only be discovered from the pages of your Bible. To receive your free copy of the literature offered on today's program, please call toll-free 1-800-966-9232. There is absolutely no cause for obligation. 1-800-966-9232. You're listening to the Sham Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
one minute, one minute, past the hour.
him in his name. Come on and help me, help me, help me, help me. I just gotta turn the tape on. Excuse me. There it go.
Walking to an afternoon meeting, Charlotte reached for the stairwell door. That door is blocked, Bill said. But Charlotte had used it an hour earlier. Ignoring Bill's caution, she pushed it open. The next sound they heard was the crash of the door hitting a workman's ladder, then a paint can hitting the floor. No need to repeat the painter's reaction. Bill turned to a wide-eyed Charlotte and said, I warned you not to open the door. This is Howard Butt, Jr. of Laity Lodge. Good advice does no good if we refuse to listen. The breakdown has something to do with pride. Attentive ears can prevent some colorful messages in the high calling of our daily work. piece of music was played with only two instruments, a right hand and a left hand. Hands can do incredible things, but nothing compares to using them to help save a life with hands-only CPR. If an adult suddenly collapses, call 911, then push hard and fast in the center of their chest until help arrives. Hands-only CPR is recommended by the American Heart Association, and it's incredibly easy and effective. Find out more about this latest method of CPR at handsonlycpr.org. The power to help save a life is in your hands. A message from the American Heart Association and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Donnie McClurgan, and I've got a personal note that I'd really like to drop in your spirit today. I want you to understand the blessings of God and how they're supposed to enhance our lives. Blessings are not always financial. But the Bible says in Proverbs 10 and 22, it says, The blessings of God makes us rich and adds no sorrow. This richness that it's speaking of deals with our lives being full, our lives being complete, our joy being prevalent and noticeable, us being seen as someone who profits in God. The richness of God deals with a soul that is healed, a spirit that is in touch with Jesus. Our lives being rich is having our family whole, is having our friends close, and even our enemies reconciled. Blessings of God makes us rich and will take your sorrows away. This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
sounds of blackness. 30 minutes, 30 minutes past the hour.
On that one. One of the of Jam Radio 2.1, the Staple Singers, and I'll take you there. Yeah, we, we, we reached way back there on that one. About, about 72, I think, or about 72, 73, I think it is. Uh, yeah, we, 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 we went back on that one. Uh, 38, 38 past the hour. One inspiration of Jay Radio 2.1. Good morning to you and yours, and thank you for listening. We'll be back. And now for the weather. Today's weather brought to you by the American Stroke Association. All across America, it's a clear, beautiful day with temperatures in the 70s and not a drop of rain forecasted. However, it seems African Americans can expect a chance of rain, oh, and a chance of hail, a chance of multiple Class 5 tornadoes. And if that's not enough, watch out, a chance of a freak meteor shower later this afternoon. The odds are it's going to be very dangerous out there. It's called the odds, and the odds are African Americans suffer almost twice the risk of having a stroke as white Americans. But the forecast doesn't have to be so gloomy. There are steps you can take to help beat the odds. Start by calling 1-888-4-STROKE or go online to strokeassociation.org. Join the power to end stroke. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council.
Are churches legally required to give a receipt for online donations? On behalf of the Christian Law Association, that's attorney David Gibbs, Jr., and this is The Legal Alert. A church had a radio ministry and would make the broadcasts available online. When updating their website, they considered adding a tab that would allow people to make an optional donation for the broadcast, but they were not sure what was legally necessary. A Christian Law Association attorney explained that the church is not legally required to give a receipt for donations, but most do as a courtesy to the contributors. The church is required to keep a record of all contributions, including online donations. The attorney suggested that an electronic receipt be given to the donor at the time of any online donation. Maybe you're facing a legal issue similar to today's report on the legal alert, and maybe you wish you had a legal team to assist you. You do. The Christian Law Association is standing by with free legal support. Visit christianlaw.org to link up with us. That's christianlaw.org. Or call us toll-free at 888-252-1969. What's in a dream? Consider Elias Howe, the sewing machine pioneer. In his original model, the needle had an eye in the middle, and it didn't work. One night, Howe dreamed that he was under attack. Painted warriors threw spears with holes in the sharp ends. Howe later patented a new design based on the Dream Spears and earned more than $2 million in royalties. A New York Times report credits sleep for improving our performance, creativity, learning, and memory. It also tunes up our problem solving. This is Howard Butt, Jr. of Laity Lodge, urging you to let your sleep do its work. The necessary rest that recharges our batteries and our health can also awaken our creativity in the high calling of our daily work. For more information, visit ourdailywork.org.
Would you join with me, please, in prayer? Pray with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Jesus, thank you that you loved me enough that you became a man and died on a cross, paid the price for all the wrong things that I have done. I'm sorry for my sin. It's my sin that puts you on that cross. And I'm sorry. I don't want to live in rebellion to you anymore. I ask you to forgive me. And tonight I open my heart and I invite you into my life to be my Savior and my Lord. I believe, Jesus, you are the Son of God. I believe you died for me to pay the price for all the wrong things that I've committed against God and against man. I believe that on the third day, by the power of God, you were raised from the dead as living proof that my trust in you tonight is not in vain. I believe that as Christ was raised from the dead, so tonight, Almighty God, you are raising me from the dead, from the death of sin, 
giving me a new life. The life of Jesus Christ. Oh God, on my testimony and the belief in my heart and according to your word, at this moment, I believe I am saved. I am saved. I am saved. Hallelujah. Saved. 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 Oh, let me ask you, friends, in closing tonight, have you done this? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you come to that obedience of faith? Have you come to that place of true repentance and true faith? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Are you trusting alone tonight in Jesus Christ for your salvation? For there is no other way, there is no other message. For there is no other way, there is no other message. Oh, come to him, come to the Saviour tonight. Come to him just as you are. Come to him in your sin. Come to him in all your needs. And cast yourself upon his mercy and upon his infinite grace. Cast yourself upon his mercy and upon his infinite grace. Cast yourself wholly to him. And you too will enter into that joy of sins forgiven, peace with God, and eternal, abundant life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. How can I say thanks for the things you have done for me? Let 
to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. 